the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As I mentioned, for longtime KFAX listeners, uh, they will no doubt with great affection recall the spiritual legacy of your predecessor, in fact, the founding pastor of Greater St. John. Um, and of course, that would be Reverend Dr. C.J. Anderson. Again, I'm honored to even speak on him. Uh, he is my, was my spiritual leader. He was one who taught me and introduced me to Christ. Again, as I shared with you earlier, uh, my family brought me here to the Greater St. John Church. I grew up in two sets of projects here in West Oakland where we'd walk to St. John just to hear Dr. Anderson and the Gospel Call Hour, which served on the air more than 50 years. And I was able to kind of piggyback and, and carry that football or carry that ministry after his uh, his uh, going to be with the Lord. I was able to uh, carry that ministry on uh, with not with KFAX, but with KDIA. And I was honored to be able to do that for some uh, 12 years. Bishop Anderson was very much a, um, a forward thinker. And I, I recall not only his his sense of being a, uh, a rule breaker in that if you told him you couldn't do it, <laughs> He would figure out a way to make it happen. And, and, and part of that vision, not only in terms of leading the flock, being a shepherd, but also very missions-oriented, even within the name of the church, Greater St. John Missionary Baptist Church, there was always that sense of the importance of that spiritual legacy, of impacting the lives of others for Christ, and the fact that all of us have got an important duty to uh, to let our light so shine amongst men. And I I wonder, living and working in Oakland and pastoring in Oakland as you do, and as you look at what's going on in the world around us today, Bishop Payton, what are your thoughts in terms of the importance, maybe even the ever-increasing importance, of the church being the church, and the church being that beacon of hope and light in a world that we can clearly see is pretty lost and, and, and pretty aimless at this point? Well, the challenges, again, have come to the church because of, uh, again, the COVID, which has really affected our churches. Um, I just think that um, I grew up under the old time religion, and that was where our parents basically got us excited about going to church on Wednesday, especially in the African-American homes. Uh, my mom, uh, on Saturdays, we would go downtown and my mom would get uh, our little things that we needed, whether it was socks or my sisters needed stockings or ribbons for their hair. She prepared on Saturday morning. She basically uh, uh, got our clothes ready for Sunday school on Sunday morning. She prepared dinner on Saturday because we were excited as a family knowing that Sunday was the Lord's day. There was no options about what we do on Sunday. Sunday, everybody in her house was going to church. Uh, Dr. Anderson was an advocate of that. In his early morning broadcast, he would be shouting on the phone or on the radio 
uh, get up and get ready to go to Sunday school. Get ready to go to somebody's church. Uh, the, the promotion of church or going into God's house was a mainstay in the African-American homes. Um, you had to be in church. If you were a family member, you were a child, everybody was taught to go to church. And um, I think we've lost that. Um, being a beacon light, meaning that uh, we need to get more outside of these sacred walls, these beautiful uh, stained glasses, and be a real testimony. I mean, a real testimony and not just just sharing a lot of rhetoric, but telling people that God is able to save lives, that we all came from something and it wasn't always good. But then we need to share the testimony that God is able to change a man or woman's life. Well, you know, the remarkable thing is that the scripture exhorts us to go out into the highways and byways and mm -hmm. compel them to come in. But mm -hmm. I think to your point, Bishop Payton, you got to go in before you go out. <laughs> in other you words, if, if you don't get involved in being discipled, sitting under the teaching ministry, Sunday school, the equipping of the saints, that iron sharpening iron experience in, in, in growing and developing our relationship with Christ, then we're not going to have the tools we need to go out and compel them to come in, are we? Well, Craig, I believe I'm going back to the word of God. It says charity begins at home, then it spreads abroad. We've lost it in the family, the home. I had a mom and dad, grandmothers, who always told us about Jesus, always told us about God. So when we got to the church, it wasn't foreign to us because uh, the root and the foundation began at home. And, and, and we've lost that. Uh, and I think we've lost that for several reasons. The broken family. Families being raised by moms, no father. The family being fractured. Not with a dad and a mom. A dad leading his family to God and to church. We've lost that. And now a woman has taken on two or three different jobs. And now church has become sort of in the back seat. Whereas when we were struggling, it was right there because that's all we had. That's all we had. Uh, that's the only thing that made us cry in the midst of, uh, made us be happy in the midst of crying. Because the hope was that some way, somehow, God's going to fix this. And, you know, those important lessons of life that are instilled in us when we engage in the church experience and when exactly. we're getting uh, equipped, when we're absorbing the word. And, you know, to that point, I think that a lot of what we're seeing going on around us today and in, in the greater culture and society is a direct subsequence of biblical illiteracy and of parents, as you're suggesting, I think, Bishop Payton, that, that have left it up almost as an option, if at all. I mean, like Absolutely. yourself, I grew up in a day and an age where I wasn't asked on Sunday morning, would you like to go to church? Absolutely. You went to church. You went to church. And you, you might have you might have put up a fuss, and you might have even been taken out into the vestibule and had a talking to at some point during the service. But at the end of the day, you were compelled to go there because it was recognized as not only vital but foundational exactly. to one's character and eventual 
spiritual and moral well-being. And I, I think in, in some degrees we've lost that. And I think a lot, you know, and you kind of touch on this, Bishop, that parents sometimes, especially if they're working as a single parent and they're having to raise kids and work full-time, they get tired. They don't feel as if they have support. And so what do they do? They, they, they turn to other methodologies. And so let the TV keep them company. It will give them, give them a cell phone and let them engage and entertain themselves. And suddenly they're getting drawn into the World Wide Web and social media. They're getting exposed to ideas and thoughts that are absolutely contrarian to a biblical upbringing. And then as a result, kids grow up confused. They don't know what truth is. The ability to, to, to try or test the spirits and see if the be of God is not there because they've never been taught what discernment is about. Exactly. They've never been immersed in God's word. And, and I have to wonder if today, as we look at the violence in the society around us and we look at, 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 at an uptick in, in, in racism and, and, and political bigotry and, and all of this angst going on in our country today, I have to wonder how much of it is not a direct result of what I think you're suggesting. And that is that in some ways, we have drifted far from the kind of vows that you and I were raised with as children. Well, again, relationship. You know, uh, my parents had relationship with him. And, 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 and I hear a lot of times I hear young parents say, basically, I don't want my kid to be in church all day like we were. I, I hated it. But you know what I tell them? I said, but you're not in jail. You're not on drugs. So it must have worked. Yeah. It must have worked. And you're trying everything else. You're trying after-school programs. You're trying putting them in little leagues and football leagues. And the enemy has promoted these days on Sundays now. When I played ball, I, I come from a family, again, um, I, I don't know if uh, they told you, but Gary Payton is my, 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 my youngest brother. My GP2 played for the Warriors is my nephew. We came up from a family that loved sports. But watch this. Our practices was on Tuesdays and Saturdays. We played on Saturdays. Now the parents, especially moms who don't have husbands, so to share this, they have practice on Sundays. They have AAU games on Sundays. Mm. And now they can't come to church. And the more you drift away, the less the relationship is, the less of importance of it, it, of it is. And that's to me, that's the trick of the enemy. And that's to take us away from God's word, to take us away from the relationship. And what happens when you drift away from him, you lose power to fight. You lose power to fight. And, and, and as long as you drift away from the word of God, as long as you don't, you're not feeding that spiritual soul with the word of God and your spirit, you, you're basically feeding it with more of the world. You become less with less energy to fight saying no and saying uh, for as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And, 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 and you just that has drifted. I know it was made made known in my family. Everybody is going to church on Sunday. There's no options. Well, and I <laughs> like think you see. Our conversation today with Bishop Gregory Payton, Senior Pastor of Greater St. John Missionary Baptist Church of Oakland. We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of our visit right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. We have a very special guest today. He is the Senior Pastor of Greater St. John Missionary Baptist Church of Oakland. With us today, Bishop Gregory Payton. 
Now, Pastor, I want to pick things up where we left off just prior to the break. You know, at the end of the day, Bishop, it, it's the enemy's oldest trick in the playbook. What? To distract? Yeah. Get your attention somewhere else. Exactly. Then to divide. And we're certainly seeing huge degrees of division, not only exactly. within society and culture today, but, but even when, in some branches of the church. And church. once you've distracted and divided, then it's quite easy to conquer. And, you know, we had better, I think, take it a little bit more seriously, the notion that, that the enemy of our soul, as Scripture tells us in John 10.10, walketh about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And sadly, some Christians, I think, lay themselves down prostate, not in front of the Lord, but in front of the lion, failing to recognize that this is the enemy of our soul that's out there to destroy us. And the only means of protection that we have is the cover of God's word and the spiritual cover that the church provides. But look, look, Craig, you said it. He's walking, looking. He's paying attention. And we're not. He's paying attention. He's, he's patient with the attack. But if you're not preparing, and preparation is another thing that, has, that we've lost. We used to prepare. We prepared to go to church. And, and, and heaven, they tell me, is a place for prepared Christians, not for anybody. You're not just going to uh, uh, happen, die, and happen to fall into heaven. You're going to have to prepare to go to heaven. There's some things you got to work on down here, because after you die, it's too late. And the word of God is what keeps us paying attention that we have a soul that the enemy is trying to destroy, that the enemy is trying to take us out. You said it early. He comes to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. That's our enemy. So what's the plan of attack? And and many many Christians have lost that 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 strategy. What's the plan of attack when we know that there's an enemy that's out to destroy us? What's your plan? Do you you you, you do you get less into the word of God? Do you stop going to church? Do you stop hanging around spiritual people? Because that that that's gonna that's gonna kill you. Because I need at sometimes when I'm going through, I need to talk to somebody who has been through something and who know the Lord. That's just it. I I, I can't read magazines and I can't read other folks' theories. It's my relationship is what makes me stronger. And the relationship is that I've had experience with the one was able, watch this, to see me through. And, and you know, that's so true, true, Bishop, because so often I think we, we tend to get caught up on the, the technicalities of the religiosity of our lives and fail to recognize that this is not about religion. This is about no. relationship. It's about and there relationship. Are plenty of folks out there that have got all kinds of, of religious experiences. The Buddhist has a religious experience. The the individual that's involved in uh, the Church of Scientology has a religious experience. But do they have a relationship with very God Himself? And do they understand that the only way by which they can have that relationship is through the Lord Jesus Christ? And sadly, that's not being taught from a lot of the pulpits in America today. And even more sadly, we're beginning to see the substitute of man's wisdom for God's wisdom. And the minute we start to think we've got all the answers, we're in a heap of trouble, aren't we? Well, the Word of God and God has taught us 
that a lot of us are 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 are, are drifting away from the truth. And and sometimes many of our members are looking at the man and the preacher. But the Bible tells us study to show thyself approved that you might what? Rightfully be able to divide with truth, that you'll know truth. Even when you hear from the pulpit, and I don't care how grand and how grand your preacher is, but if he's telling the truth, and you know when he's telling the truth, when you've studied the word for yourself, and you're not easily to fall into traps, easily to be disappointed by man. And watch this, what it's doing is, it's, it's making people leave Christ because of man. And we never came to church because of the man. I came because of him. But they've lost that. We've lost that. And that's why people are, are, are not coming to church now is because of relationship. Uh, you know, I want to get in his presence. And he promised us that if we come to his temple, that he promised that he'll meet us here. So how can you make an honest opinion to stay away from God's house? I mean, really, you know, COVID is everywhere. But guess what? To some Christians, the only place you can catch COVID is in God's house. And we know that's the trick of the devil. We know the devil is a lie. But watch this. He's always a lie. He's always like, COVID is not at the nail shop. COVID's not at the beauty shop. COVID's not at Lucky's or Safeway. I'm, I'm talking about according to the Christian. He's not at the Shell station or the Chevron station. It's not at the football game on him, Sunday. It's only at God's house. That's right. Not, 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 at, not, at the, not at the Niners game on Sunday either or the Warriors Look, game. I was, I'm a warrior <laughs> fan. I, I, I go there 20-some thousand on top of each other, 10 and 15 outside on top of each other. They have not stopped. Only at the church has gotten empty. And I question God myself, God, what is happening? But then the word of God says there's going to come a day where there's going to be a great falling away. And so the word is just prophetic. But when you're in the word of God, that gives you hope and that gives you peace. And, and, <laughs> and you know, and, and you know, I think also an important point here for us to ponder, and that is, as, as you point out, Scripture talks about in the end times, a great falling away. It also talks about a great harvest. It talks about the separation of the wheat from the chaff or the division between those that are true believers and those that we would otherwise consider in that cultural Christian category, meaning they believe they are Christians because they've gone to church once or twice, or maybe they got baptized 30 or 40 years ago. Maybe they've even read the scripture on an occasion or two, but don't have true relationship with Christ. And as a result, their spirituality, like the old saying goes, is a mile wide and an inch deep. And so then when the storms of life come along, they are ill-prepared to deal with it. And so it's easy to give up on church. It's easy to say God don't work and he doesn't care. And, I, you know, I, I'm not so sure what about pastor preaches because I tried. It doesn't seem to work for me because they've never really truly had a real relationship with Jesus Christ. And then and then you further complicate this issue with the notion that you will be then pulling or attracting to yourselves those right with the itching ears that are looking to get those ears tickled. Exactly. Because they've not spent enough time in God's word. They don't have an intimate enough relationship with God to be able to That's effectively exercise discernment. You know, the Bible tells me if 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 what the preacher is preaching on Sunday morning echoes what the word says and his spirit 
gives testimony, gives witness to my spirit, then that sense of discernment will tell me whether it's right or wrong. And sadly, a lot of folk these days don't have any sense of discernment whatsoever. There's no confirmation between our spirit and his spirit because there's no connection, because there's no relationship. Well, again, and, and, and I need to say this, and I, I might get in trouble, but I'm just saying, we as a believers, we need to stop uh, just just stumbling over little stuff. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's worshiping? Who's serving God? That's not our business. It's it's not our business. He told us as believers, we must worship him in spirit and in truth. Not come to criticize you what you have on, who's right, who's wrong, who's doing it right. That's not my business. You talked about the wheat and the tear. He said they must grow together and he'll do the separating. And you know why? It's because that root of the wheat and the tear underground have connected with some good folk. And if you try to pull it up too quickly, you're going to destroy some good people off of what? Opinions. Off opinions. It's not the word. Because when the fight should be about the word, not about your opinion, not about Bishop Payton's opinion. And if you're into the word, you don't have no problem with that. There's a lot of things in that Bible I don't understand. I don't understand. But I trust God. And that's because of what? Relationship. Our conversation today with Bishop Gregory Payton, Senior Pastor of Greater St. John Missionary Baptist Church of Oakland. We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of our visit right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. We have a very special guest today. He is the senior pastor of Greater St. John Missionary Baptist Church of Oakland. With us today, Bishop Gregory Payton. Now, Pastor, I want to pick things up where we left off just prior to the break. And I have to wonder to that point, Bishop Payton, if maybe one of the biggest threats to the stability of our society and culture today. And we're seeing, of course, this is being replicated in in many parts of the world, but we can only talk about what we know about here in the United States, that everybody wants to render an opinion or their primary source of information is what they heard at the water cooler, what they got (laughs) sent a text message on, what they read on Facebook, what they heard on social media. And, And I find it, extremely troubling when even even church leaders will get up and opine and they will give they will quote every source on the planet facebook and tiktok wow. and all of that yeah. and yet not come back and say thus saith the lord based on his word and 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 i have to wonder is that at the most existential level one of the biggest threats to our culture and society today that we we seek out every other source for information but his word? But his word. Well, again, I look at those things as distractions. Satan uses those as distractions. I, I, well, I just hate believers who spend so much time on Facebook and social media, and then I wonder how much time do you spend in God's word? Walk down the street, everybody has a phone in their hand. I mean, from the babies up to older people, they're walking down the street with a phone in their hand. Where's the Bible? Where's the word of God? I I tell my people now, I have more people with the phone in their hand than the actual script, the Holy Bible. Uh, Again, I I shared with them, I said, look, 
I've had some things in my phone that does not match up with the Holy Bible. And, and I don't think they should be together. I said, you're reading the word of God off some things. you got some crazy pictures on your phone. You've got some crazy conversations on that same phone. That Bible should be separated. That Bible is of truth. That Bible is of healing. That Bible is a prescription for a tainted soul. And it should be separated from the world. And that's where, again, it's relationship, how we treat it now. And we're treating it now so lightly. And people are drifting and people are falling for anything now. It's because it's not sacred anymore. Church is not sacred to the believer as much as it used to be. <laughs> There's one pastor here in the Bay Area. I won't call his name, but um, he, he did something that I think is brilliant. Um, they, they set aside a second offering on a Sunday. And they collected money to go and buy pew Bibles. Mm. And then they loaded the pews up with Bibles. And the following Sunday, he got up from the pulpit and said, new rule, when you come into church on Sunday, you are to turn your cell phone off. Mm. Don't tell me you're looking at your cell phone because you've got your Bible in your cell phone. You're on your online Bible because I don't believe it. I think you're texting. I think you're looking at Facebook. I think you're looking at memes. I think you're looking at the news. You're doing everything but looking at the scripture. So in order to make sure that you've got God's word to read while we're here in church and I'm preaching and to make certain that you're not being distracted, cell right. phones will be turned off when you come in to church on Sunday morning. And when it's time to get into God's word, help yourself to any one of them sitting there in front of you in the pews. And I thought, you know what? He called their bluff and I love it. Awesome. Well, what did we do? What did we do, Craig, when we didn't have cell phones? <laughs> what did we do when we came to church? Well, we, we, didn't well, we, we didn't we didn't we didn't distract ourselves. We read the word. We listened to what the preacher had to say. And, and you know, even in day to day life, you know, we used to have conversations, not text messages. You hear stories about, you know, husbands that announce they're going to divorce their wives through a text message. It's like, Really? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's almost as if the enemy, again, is it, it, he knows how to divide and conquer. And some would have you believe that social media is bringing us together. But if you really look at it closely and look at the end results in our society today, it's another one of the great dividers. It is. It is. And, 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 and I'm not saying that social media doesn't have its good works. It does. But again, the enemy distorts our minds, and we use it for something that is more negative than it is positive. I, I want to pivot to an, another topic here, Bishop Payton, and I know it's one that's close to your heart. And I, I talked earlier in my opening remarks about legacy, and, and, and certainly for all of us in the baby boomer generation, uh, those born between 1946 and 1964, we're reaching that age where we're starting to think about legacy and the impact that we've left legacy to care for our kids once we're gone, legacy in terms of the spiritual impact, the spiritual mark that we've left in lives around us. And another big part, of course, for, for folks that, that reach that, that age is to begin to thinking about our health and concerns about 
what's going on in terms of uh, medicine today. And there's big challenges. We know America's got one of the greatest healthcare systems on the planet, but coincidentally, one of the most expensive ones on the planet. And, and in some ways there's almost been a divide there speaking about division that, that doctors will care for the physical well-being, but not necessarily the spiritual well-being. But, you know, if you look at it from a scriptural perspective, God really is concerned with our well-being physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, and, and bringing together that sense of harmony so that we can minister to the whole, W-H-O-L-E, the whole man, I think is critically important. And, and toward that end, you've gotten involved in a very unique program here in Greater Alameda County, the Advanced Illness Care Program that really is bringing together both doctors and and pastors in recognition of the need to minister to the whole man, especially as we grow older. And I'm fascinated to know more about how you got involved in that and why you feel that that program is important. Let me just say this in the African-American church. Uh, I've, I've had to go to hospitals and I've had families ask me, should I take my, my loved one off of a, a breathing machine? What, what should I do next? And, and and I, I shared with them, and that's why we need to sit at the table intimately in the African-American uh, uh, church. The members look at us almost in a godly manner for whatever reason. That, that it, it, It's an affectionate position. And, and, and I had to change my conversation uh, when I went there because I didn't know what to say. And the Lord gave me this. I will pray and I will support you in whatever decision that you make. But I'm not in position to make the, 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 the decision over life or death. Family, you're going to have to come together. And if it's to take them off, I support you. If it's to hold on a little while longer, I'm going to support you. But then watch this. We talked about. Uh, a lot of times, families don't call the preacher until it's almost till it's over, till it's hospice time, or they're getting ready to die. Wouldn't it be great if we were able to be in those initial meetings with the physician, that we can be a team and we can go through the process together, instead of always being the superman or the super preacher that we're going to pray that uh, the cancer will go away? That's a terrible position for a preacher to be in. When, watch this, physics and uh, uh, the medicine says that it's over. And now they want us to come and be the Superman. And then you're talking to family members who don't, some family members who don't know God. And then you say the wrong thing. And watch this, they hate church forever because that preacher said that. But we were never in the position in the beginning when the cancer or the sickness began that we can come up with a plan of encouragement together, the doctor and the minister. And so we had a great meeting at Scott's with just preachers and physicians, and we were able to share our stories. And we were able to kind of bring a bond to bring us closer together to understand the process. You know, I, I, I'm not a doctor. So, you know, I, I, it, it's good for me to know uh, what is the process when someone has cancer, when someone has a terminal disease? What is the process of that? Only time I learned it is when it's uh, dealing with my loved one. 
And then I'm dealing with it again, not so much spiritually, but I'm dealing it with basically the flesh because that's my loved one. And it's a difference. <laughs> I, I try to encourage people that I've been basically pastoring for 18 years and they've literally become my, my family. So I'm battling with the flesh and the spirit with some of my opinions, with, with some of my prayers, and it's because we've become intimate. So it's a very difficult job for the preacher. And it's something that, you know, I'm still learning. Our conversation today with Bishop Gregory Payton, Senior Pastor of Greater St. John Missionary Baptist Church of Oakland. We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of our visit right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. We have a very special guest today. He is the senior pastor of Greater St. John Missionary Baptist Church of Oakland. With us today, Bishop Gregory Hayton. Now, Pastor, I want to pick things up where we left off just prior to the break. But, you know, I think that sense of, of cohesiveness or, or connectivity that you're speaking to is so critically important because, let's face it, when, when we're diagnosed with an illness, potentially a terminal illness. Um, we also have to recognize that, you know, while there are end-of-life issues that we may need to address, it's also meaning just a change in the chapter for the beginning of another life, because let's face it, we're, we're eternal. And as eternal beings, uh, w as we are facing our own mortality, on the cusp of that is the transition from being here in the flesh, in the imperfect world, to being, you know, what Paul says, absent from the body, present with the Lord, to be in his presence in heaven, in the internal world. And so that sense of connectivity or cohesion between doctor and physician, one comes along to prepare for the end of life or sometimes just to hang on. In the case of the doctor, we, we don't want grandma to die, so give her all the medicine we can to make her hang on as long as possible. But in reality, it is so critically important, I think, for the pastor to be involved early on in that entire process because it really is transitional care. And let's face it, when you come to those junctures in life, the best that the, we can hope for from the doctor is comfort care, but the transitional care of making sure that we're spiritually ready for the next stage of our life, going from the physical to the entirely spiritual, is ultimately critical. But oftentimes, as you point out, it, it, it's an afterthought. Grandma dies, call the preacher. Well, what about making sure in advance of that that, that grandma's ready? And that her heart and her spirit are ready, and, and I and I think it's a, it's a huge mistake to to fail to include the, the, the minister. But you leave out this other part, Craig, and the other part of that is you're dealing with a family that half of them don't have a relationship with right. him. They don't even understand what you're talking about. It's just like an Hispanic talking to an English person, and neither one of them know their language. And the preacher's in a very difficult position there, and and it's just tough. And you got to be careful what you say. You know, the church has been under attack in so many other ways. This is another way that the church is being attacked. Yeah. <laughs> because no. I'm also going in there trying to disciple someone that maybe don't know him, that maybe this is my only opportunity to share a word with them that might change their life, even as grandma is transitioning. 
And it's important for family members to understand what's taking place. And, you know, you talked earlier, Bishop Payton, about the entire COVID experience. And I think in some ways the church kind of spurned a golden opportunity there because certainly in my lifetime, and, you know, we, we grew up as, as children of the Cold War. I remember the duck cover and hole drills. We were concerned about nuclear war and, you know, building fallout shelters in the backyard and all that craziness. And and this is the first real time, maybe since the Cold War, that we really collectively thought about our own mortality and, and, and we're facing real life and death issues where we're hearing stories about hundreds of thousands, ultimately over a million Americans in less than 24 months losing their lives to COVID and people talking about mortality and end-of-life issues, and there were people that were, you know, not old folks that died because they're 90 years old or grandpa had a heart attack. We're talking about people in their 30s that succumbed to this disease. And so, you know, this opportunity to be talking about spiritual and eternal things and and what it means and that this is just, you know, this is just a short-term time here on Earth compared to the totality of eternity and the, the critical opportunity that it presents to be able to encourage those who, as they look at grandma or, or mom or dad's mortality and end of life, to be in a position to be able to minister to them as now they begin pondering, well, what about me? When it's my turn, what happens to me? Will I be in heaven with grandma too? And boy, these are these are really critical opportunities for ministry, aren't they? They are. They, well, it, it, it's very it, it's critical and it's difficult. But again, is what I've been boasting about this entire conversation and what the spirit of the Lord is bringing to me is it's about relationship. It's about knowledge of the word of God, because if you read the word of God, this is not a, a mystery to God. This is not, if you're into the word of God, you knew this day was coming also. Okay. But then again, in the word of God, it always gives us hope. (laughs) It's not the end. If you have that kind of hope and you have that kind of trust in God's word, that COVID will not take you out spiritually or or, or allow you to lose your confidence in all that's going on. Uh, and, 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 And it's hard as a preacher to share this with a lot of folk who are not knowledgeable of the word of God, who don't have an intimate relationship with him. And I, keep, I know you keep hearing me say that uh, because, again, the spirit of God is not going to let you walk around here ignorant. It is nothing that's happening in this world that the Bible did not speak about. Yeah, that's right. And nothing happens that's any kind of a surprise to God. Absolutely not. It's not a surprise to God. And see, that encourages me there because then it lets me know that there is an answer. He has an answer. <laughs> If we're patient enough to wait on it, if we're able to put ourselves in a position and line ourselves up with his will, then guess what? That's encouragement. And that the church should be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within to a world around us that is lost, confused, and dying without any promise of hope, without any direction whatsoever. I mean, I I can see why folks would be scared thinking about, you know, I'm going to reach 70, 80, 90 years old, and boom, boom, that's it. But we know... But don't you believe that the the, the church seems like to be falling asleep? Yeah. Yeah, no, there, there's there's no doubt about that. And, and, and I would like to hope that this conversation today, for those that have an ear to hear, 
will will take it to heart and to recognize that you know um, even 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 as some of the apostles might have said, oh, but Lord, we cast out demons in your name. Yeah. We did all of these miracles in your name, and Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan, because I yes. knew you not. Yeah. And yeah. the one question that each and every one of us have to answer, and that is, does he know us? Yeah, well, well, he promised us that even if we trust him, that even this pandemic will pass over our homes and our families. That's in the word of God. That's encouragement to me. I told my church that in the early days. If you just trust him, remain faithful. It's not for us to change. Let me tell you what I did. Uh, when the pandemic, a lot of uh, pastors would, they start taping on social media and what have you. You know what I did? Every Wednesday, as I did before the pandemic, I taught in my pulpit, in my sanctuary. Every Sunday morning, I came to church at 930 for Sunday school. I looked at it on Zoom, but I mounted my pulpit at 11. I wanted to show God that I'm not going to panic. I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to do just what I was doing prior to this pandemic. Because what the enemy wants to do is, he wants to drift us away from that power and that anointing. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants the church to what? Lose faith, to lose confidence. I'm not afraid of God's church. If I was going to die, I, I, guess what? I, I think that would be the last place in my heart and in my mind that God would kill me. And even if he did, I'd be like the Hebrew boys. It's all right. It's going to be better. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. You know? Yeah, amen. Bishop Payton, in the few moments that uh, remain, I want to pivot to uh, the incredible ministry. We've kind of talked about this around the periphery, the incredible 75-year legacy of Greater St. John Missionary Baptist Church in Oakland. For folks that maybe are new to the San Francisco Bay Area, they're looking for a new church home. They're looking for a place where God's Word is preached fearlessly and unadulterated. Uh, spend a couple of minutes, if you would, and tell us about the, the ministry um, through and of Greater St. John Missionary Baptist? Well, again, Greater St. John started 75 years under the late, uh, great Dr. Carl J. Anderson, uh, whom many in the Bay Area are familiar with, a pioneer during his time. He started, he left uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, organized under a circus tent, and he had 30 days uh, to use that tent. And um, after the 30 days, he had about seven members that was borrowed from the Star Bethel Missionary Baptist Church. They moved into his own building on Myrtle Street there from Myrtle Street to Fil Filbert Street. And then in the year 1959, he saw a Catholic church that was in line with 580 Freeway. And um, uh, the, uh, the Catholic had to uh, demolish it because it was in line to the connection to 580 to San Francisco. Uh, Dr. Anderson paid $75,000 for the church. They said, that's great. He said, but you got 30 days to, to move it out of that position because it has to be uh, demolished because we, we're, we're coming in to, to build a freeway. And Dr. Anderson moved it to our present address, 1909 Market Street. And we've been serving here uh, in this community, in the West Oakland community, again, for 75 years. We just celebrated July 6th. 75 years of ministry. Um, myself, uh, I am a longtime member. I've only been to one church in my life. I grew up in the West Oakland area in two sets of projects, and we used to walk here. Uh, my mom and dad uh, were, were married here. 
um, uh, grandmother, grandfather, were all members here. So I, I have a family intimate relationship at Greater St. John. Dr. Anderson, a great leader, a great mind as he was. He's one of the first churches to be on radio and television. He was on television at, uh, on Sunday afternoons. People would hear his melodious voice saying, get up and go to church. And then on Sunday nights, he would tell people as he read a prayer list, hold on, old soldier. He named everyone on that broadcast that we're praying for you. And uh, I carried that on for 12 more years at the infamous uh, KDIA. KDIA was one of the first stations that carried the broadcast as well as KFAX. And when we went on KFAX, and I think that was one of the happiest days for Dr. Anderson, he was able to have a 90-minute broadcast where he had a live service. And he was one of the first ones in the Bay Area to have a live service. And we had singing and Dr. Anderson preaching and praying for the sick and the afflicted in the community. And we continued that, and I carried that legacy as well as uh, for about 12 more years on KDIA having the prayer list and singing that old infamous songs, uh, uh, it's time to go to the altar and pray. But again, uh, uh, ministry has changed so much. And now uh, I'm just looking at this millennial group and these young adults who have drifted away from our churches. And one of the things that I really want to do is we want to start discipling some of these young adults. We've literally lost the generation because the fact is that a lot of families and a lot of parents have lost their intimate relationship with God. And it's a dangerous thing. It's been dangerous because the fact is we see so much evil in the streets, in our schools, among our young people. And as you stated, Craig, the division. But the division is not only with uh, our families, but it's with our churches. It's with preachers. We're fighting over things that is not our business. It's God's business. And God will bring us together. But watch this. But he wants to see us unified. Again, it ain't about Methodists, it ain't about Church of God in Christ, it ain't about Baptists, it ain't about non-denominational. We are all God's children. And the strategy is we all ought to be on the same team with the same goal, with the same manager, the same CEO, same president. And I don't, I've never been to a company that all, uh, that different companies had different strategies to be successful. If you work for Xerox, you work for Kaiser, we had the same strategy to success. And the strategy is in the word of God. Then nobody has to put their own theory or their own make to it. If we all just stay in the same strategy that the word of God teaches us, stay in line with it. These, these type of things is going to happen. The Bible said, Jesus said, in this world, we're going to have trials and tribulations. So this is not nothing that we should be shocked about. <laughs> you know, you're going to struggle to be successful. And I tell a lot of preachers all the time, if nobody's talking about you, that means you ain't doing nothing. <laughs> they talk about people who's doing something, people who are cutting the edge, who are trending, who are doing different things, who are putting in the work and the energy for the kingdom. The folk who just sit around and wait for other people to give them strategy, they're not talking about them. But they're talking about folk who's trying to make a change, who's trying to make things better. Satan don't worry about them folk who are not doing nothing. He's worried about people who are going to change minds and change hearts about him. Amen. And get back to where Christ wants us to be. And I think at the end, we need to be mindful, as you point out, 
Bishop Hayden, that uh, some folks are going to be surprised when they get to heaven that there's not going to be a Baptist section and the Methodist section. There's not going to be. There's not, not going to be the French over here and the Italians over there. It's not no, going to be like that. We're no, all sir. of one flesh, the bride of Christ, and that's what we have to look forward to, and that's what this earth experience is about, is in preparation for all of that. We've been visiting today with the senior pastor of Greater St. John Missionary Baptist Church of Oakland, Bishop Gregory Payton. The church meets at 1909 Market Street in the city of Oakland. And to get more information, you can call them at area code 510-834-2094. That's 510-834-2094. And um, Bishop Payton, tell us what are service times at the church on Sunday? We are doing a in live service at 11 a.m. each Sunday uh, morning, um, uh, and we also have a uh, we have a, uh, a not a Zoom, but we have we're, we're on Facebook, Greater St. John Oakland. We're on YouTube, Greater St. John Oakland. We are doing live services uh, each Sunday morning at 11 a.m. And uh, we invite you to check it out, whether online or preferably in person again at Greater St. John Missionary Baptist Church of Oakland, 1909 Market Street in Oakland, area 510-834-2094 for more information. Our thanks to Senior Pastor Bishop Gregory Payton for being with us today. And uh, again, Bishop Payton, thank you so much for spending some time and uh, sharing not only your vision for Oakland and for the community, but also sharing your heart. We sure appreciate visiting with you today. It's been a blessing and it has been a powerful conversation. And I'm hoping that at least one person gets saved and delivered out of this conversation. Amen. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Lifeline. Thanks so much for being with us. And if there was anything you heard on today's show that you'd like to hear again or share with a friend, grab a copy of the Lifeline podcast. Simply log on to kfax.com. That's kfax.com for the Lifeline podcast. Our producer is Wanda Sanchez. I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time round, remember, just don't keep the faith. Get out there and share it and make it a great evening. So long. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.